What's up, people? This is Bros, Bibles, and Beer, episode 40. And I don't care what Scott or Jeff says, I'm glad you're here. Today we talked to Matt Whitman. He's the host of the 10-Minute Bible Hour. Before that, it was the worst Christian ever, and before that, it was the 10-Minute Bible Hour. We're going to find out why the name changes, what he wants to do with the channel going forward, and we find out what makes Matt, Matt. His upbringing, how tragedy shaped what he believes about God. We'll find out why Matt doesn't want conservatism or progressivism to win. And we'll learn about what he means by taking force off the table. Definitely check out his YouTube channel. It's great. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Whitman WCE. And we'll have all this information and how to connect with him in our show notes at our website, bbbpod.com. Maybe you're loving what you're hearing. Maybe you have second thoughts. Maybe you hate us. Whatever the case, we want to hear from you. You can find us at all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Bros Bibles Beer. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. No, I'm serious. Do it. Go ahead. There's so many people in my head right now that I'm thinking of that I know like this show. Dare I say they love this show. And they have yet to rate or review on iTunes. But my grace runs deep for all you people. An additional thanks to Matt McDonald of the band The Classic Crime and Vocal Few for letting us use their music in our episodes. So you can check them out wherever you get your music. All right, let's find out why Matt Whitman is no longer the worst Christian ever. Jesus is a pretty, socially, a pretty volunteerist guy. I think about the parable of the mm-hmm. sower. Some people are going to go for this. Some people aren't. Okie dokie. I mean, there's no thing at the end where the sower goes back and like murders or imprisons the three quarters <laughs> of soil types that didn't grow crops. <laughs> like you just, you just kind of shrug and throw some more seeds other places, I guess. Bummer. seen those goat videos where the goats are screaming oh no i've seen the doritos commercial <laughs> there's goat videos on youtube where the goats are screaming i'm pretty sure they're fake because they sound like i have friends that swear they're real it sounds like human screaming but it doesn't matter when you put screaming to a goat making a goat face it's so... <laughs> well that doritos commercial uh... the super bowl several years back where the people walk in to the little closet and or pantry, and the goat is there with a bunch of Doritos bag, and <laughs> it's like, get out of my, get out of my pantry. And there he is. Your chair's right behind you, sir. Hi, Scott. Hey, guys. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, Scott. How are you? Oh, we're doing just fine there. Are we, um... Is We're podcasting. Hey, we got video. Matt Whitman. Yeah, All right. How's it going? How you guys do? How you guys doing? <laughs> All one of us are wonderful, <laughs> and we're doing great too. Thanks, Scott. That's what I meant. 
Can you hear us all right? Yeah, sounds good. Hey, I uh, I don't have the ability to record with my good gear okay. in terms of audio. There was uh, an Awana event at my studio, which happens to be my office, which happens to be my church. Right. And uh, you don't want that. No. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> there are noises associated with it. Nice. Yeah, that's not a problem. It will be great. I can go headphones here so it wouldn't pick up what you're saying. And then I, it's a decent voice recorder. I, I mean, I use it in stuff, whatever you'd like. Yeah, if you can, might as well try it. And uh, either way, I'm recording this both ends right now. And then I'll cut yours in if it's better, which I'm sure it will be. Sure. Well, we'll find out. Oh, that's a name this of, won't sound terrible. Name of a podcast recording at both ends. I like that. It, is it? <laughs> No, Isaiah could be. Oh, that yeah, sounds like a be. good name of a whatever, guys. Well, you're talking about re- the name recording the podcast at both ends as the name of your podcast. Just leave okay, it. Leave it. Drop it. All right. <laughs> or recording out of both ends. That might be. Yeah, that's not a good podcast. I'm not name. sure you're making that better. <clears throat> I'm far more likely to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, video too. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just had my beans and sprouts So it's about time to come out the other end Well this is Jeff You're the first one that's got video that we've had Most people are afraid to show their faces Oh um, But I don't blame you for sharing yours You might be the, the handsomest guest so far <laughs> Continue <laughs> So this is Jeff in the middle And Scott over here And I'm Zach and Jeff, Scott, Zach, yeah, check Roger. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, nice to Likewise. meet you. Yeah, I first, I first, um, I think you followed us on Twitter. Yes, way, that way, is accurate. Way back in the day, and that's how I discovered you. So your networking skills, mission accomplished. Sweet. And I had, I had not listened. I certainly hadn't seen you. I didn't even realize you had a YouTube channel, and I. Um, just to prepare for tonight, I went on and listened to your entire Ephesians uh, with Aaron. All wow, I that's think, a commitment. I think there were six or seven episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's when Jeff discovered that there was a book called Ephesians in the Bible. <laughs> You're killing me. What? You're killing oh. me. Yeah, so I actually, you know, as our conversation goes on, I have a few um, questions, and and uh, just, I'd love to hear your thoughts more on... On your conversation with Aaron and and the book, I I really uh, found it interesting and it was a uh, it was a good banter back and forth between you guys. Just listening yeah, to your we, thoughts. We have history. We've <laughs> we've been doing that for a long time. Not uh, not in recording. That was brand new and kind of weird and awkward for us. But he used to be two offices down from me at a church where we both worked. So when I you know he, he was the resident theologian and I was the resident idiot. So I just go down there. And he'd tell me what to think, and then I would go and act like it was my own thoughts and get paid. Nice. <laughs> sweet. I think that goes on more than most people are comfortable admitting, just in general. It's, Christianity is a large subject. It's just a lot of stuff to know. Everyone needs an Aaron in their life. Yeah. Yeah, so 10-minute Bible hour, is that... That was before it was the worst Christian ever, and before that, it, it now it's the 10-minute Bible hour. Is that correct? That's correct. I improved too much as a Christian to keep the worst Christian ever name. Well, congratulations. Fourth worst Christian just isn't as catchy. 
Yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple of people who did some really stupid stuff, and I feel like I passed them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. When you were Worst Christian Ever, what was the impetus for that name change? <coughs> Excuse me. You can edit out the cough. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll say I will, but I probably won't. Eh, leave it. It's fine. It was a good sounding cough, and it was productive. And isn't that what matters? Yes. <laughs> um, I think this story is fair game. I'll do a slightly edited version. Um, I had done a year of my show under the name The 10-Minute Bible Hour. And in my brain, I was like, ah, oh, this is, this is going to work for people who've been around Christianity and old-timey radio Christianity stuff and it'll it'll sound like you know like some kind of bible hour radio time thing but i wanted it to sound weird and confusing and cause people to do a double take and i thought oh 10 minute bible hour that'll totally work <laughs> but more people were just like you are bad at telling time because you don't understand how minutes and hours are and i thought okay yeah, for months well, maybe i should change that <laughs> no and so you know, what i found is i just it was just hard to connect with people who weren't already into the bible and i'd really hoped to make that a thing, just to open a conversation at a time in history where people who are not into the Bible are really not into the Bible. And um, it went okay. Then I got to thinking about the worst Christian ever name. I thought that'd be kind of funny and people get the joke. Maybe I'll give that a shot for a while. And I went and had a meeting with some fancy important people and I was like the the plus one invite. So it wasn't it wasn't my thing, but it was really fancy, really important people at a really fancy, really important place I bet. in our country. And I was sitting there like a fly on the wall, and finally it came around to me, and they're like, now you, what are you doing here, and what do you have, and what do you bring to the table? I was like, uh-oh. I have a YouTube program, and it's really good stuff, and I'm just so happy to be here with all of you people who don't think anything like what I think. Like, what was the name of that again? It is the 10-Minute Bible Hour. And the room just got completely quiet. All uh. of these important, influential people are like, oh, mm, gross. So then after that, I swore, and they liked me better again. Nice. Back in it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally worked. People are easily influenced. That's <laughs> yeah, why I, so. make, I mix it in every once in a while, just to make Scott uncomfortable, but it also endears him to me. Yeah, he, yeah. He likes the S word and the PH word. Which one's that? <laughs> Phlegm? Yeah. Productive. Productive cough. Yeah, it really, it's just on my mind right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I did the worst Christian ever thing for a while. I thought, well, this gives me permission to talk about whatever I want. And what I want to talk about is, oh, movies and culture and also Christianity and Bible and libertarianism and why politics are weird and stupid and awful right now. And so I talked about all those things. And then people were like, why don't you just talk about the Bible, you chump? And I thought, okay, my bad. So I made it the 10-minute Bible hour again. Mm. You know, people are never happy, you know? <laughs> no, they're not. Like, I'm getting free beer right now. It's all right. <laughs> Is it it's not quite beer? up to your standards. <laughs> Wait, this beer is free, right? Well, if you're not paying for it, it's free to you. It's libertarian. <laughs> free to you. Yeah. I'm not sure that's, the, uh, liber- that's a mini communism we have going on. That, that's closer. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just felt like YouTube is really hard. And I think if you started on YouTube in like the mid 2000s, that's a really, that's really to your advantage. Now, man, cutting through the noise, well, you get the drill. You guys are doing the same stuff. It's, 
it's really fun and encouraging to connect with people. And um, I've enjoyed that. But at the same time, man, it's just, there's a glut of media. There's a billion things to watch and listen to. And just connecting with people is... Um, Oh, are you it's still there? challenging to make it meaningful. In my heart, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> We're losing a lot. That's all right. Well, I'm sure his recording will be able to fix that. Um, yes, I believe in it. So you're back. <laughs> yeah, with all these uh, reformed people coming up. Are you reformed? From what? Okay, good. So, <laughs> so we can make fun of the reformed people. Yeah, there's a lot of like new reformed, uh, the reformed pubcast. There's re- uh, now there's reformed and reloaded. Uh, you've got, uh, Apologia Radio, of course you got James White, there's a bunch of other, uh, a lot of new reformed, uh, media coming out. Um, I don't know what that means, but, uh, yeah, just a glut, glut of, I don't know about It's cu- tough cutting through that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I found the 10 minute Bible hour channel, I don't know, a while ago, and I don't, I don't know how I got there, but one of my favorite episodes was the uh, the one he did on the church uh, buildings. Uh, that that oh. one was pretty cool, uh, interesting. And then he he went to uh, Mariners. That, that that's actually a cool. Did place you know? There. Yeah, but then some other uh, some other ones that were pretty cool. I, I just thought it was interesting, just the the history of of church buildings. I don't remember a thing, but it was interesting. You remember it was interesting. Yeah. So you went to all those places. Yeah, I was in your neck of the woods. I have a friend who lives down there. And so we just took a week. We went to like 30-some 30, 30 churches and tried to go to the most disparate collection we could. We just walked in and started talking with people. Some people were nice. Some people didn't have time for us. And that's cool because we didn't make appointments. But we just showed up with cameras and filmed. Not like while they were doing church or anything, just empty buildings. And then the big question of the video is just, why is your building like this? Is there stuff about what you believe that comes through in how your building is? And it was interesting. Some people were really intentional and could offer a clear, immediate rationale. This is why our building is the way it is. And other people were like, uh, we just need people to sit over there. So we put chairs there. <laughs> and then we put this stage here because like, the guy's kind of short. And that way people could see him while he talks. <laughs> At least they know okay. their limitations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And really, I, I went in. I didn't admit this in the video, but I went in with a little bit of a condescending attitude. I, um, you know, I want to see churches who are smart and thoughtful about it, but uh, I came out feeling like even the churches that didn't put a lot of thought into it, that was on purpose too. What they're trying to say is this just doesn't matter at all. We just need a place to do stuff. And that is our theology of church. Right, which is kind of cool. I think I remember Rob Bell saying something about that. There wasn't a sign when you used to be the Mars Hill pastor I think there's, there wasn't even a sign saying where the church was. You just kind of had to know where it was. And he was asked about it, and he said, well, the, the church isn't a building. Maybe that was one of the cooler things he said. And maybe that's something Scott could agree with. That Rob Bell said that? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I believe he said that. <laughs> Are you and Rob Bell in a fight, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, sort of. We're not talking. <laughs> We're not talking right now. <laughs> That's a true statement. So, so Matt, um, what it was your uh, your upbringing in the church and family, and just kind of, I guess, briefly take us to where you are today and what you do, and um, could you do that for us? Sure. Yeah. Um, it was pretty hardcore, Jeff. The uh, my my dad is a first generation Christian. 
became a Christian under the influence of uh, a missionary to Africa who had come back home and was maybe leading a youth group or something. And so, I don't know, I mean, there was probably a dash of fundamentalism, and I'm being conservative in that estimate with dad's Christian upbringing. Um, he went to seminary, figured it all out from scratch. Um, his whole family became Christians. Then we were raised in that context. Dad's a pastor. Uh, was a Baptist pastor in uh, Iowa and Colorado for most of the time growing up. And he's pretty transparent about stuff. So I got to see how church was, got a good look at it. Um, I didn't really want to do it much more after I was finished watching him go through the ringer time and again. There's tons of good memories too, but as a kid, you just remember all the stuff where your pastor dad gets beat up and maybe some of it was his fault. I don't know, but I'm always on a side with him. So it was just kind of a, it was an interesting thing. It was a very honest look at church. I would put it that way. And um, yeah, every job I had was Christian. I went to a Christian school. I was the leader of the youth group and the guy who led the prayers before the baseball team took the field for my high school baseball team at my Christian school where I won best Christian when I graduated. Then I went to a Christian college and studied Bible-y things as well as history. And then uh, I went to a Christian seminary and got Christian jobs at Christian churches and things like that. And after about 10 years of that, um, I had a pretty frustrating church experience. In retrospect, I better understand my part in it. But it was one of those things where I came away from it, and I was like, this is just manipulation. This is not the truth. So can you repeat, I, I can you go back be. a couple of seconds? You were, you were kind of freezing a little bit. What are you, in retrospect, what were you looking at oh, right sure. there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying the, the rough church experience that I had, um, and pretty much anybody who's in ministry who you talk to will tell you about something like this. Um, at the time I was pretty sure everybody else was being an idiot and didn't really see that I had culpability in the situation, you know, kid, you know, everything. Um, but whatever the case, I mean, walking away from that, I wanted to believe all of this. I wanted to still be in, but I, I just felt like I was lying to myself and I, it just, just the stuff people said and the theology people put out in the midst of all of that ugly stuff, it just... It, it just defied reason. None of that made any sense. And I won't get into the details of what didn't make sense, but you can picture theology that is irrational and backwards, and it seems like it's willfully so. And that's just how it was. And so, you know, we, we moved away from there and kind of didn't really know where to go next. And, and what type of church was that again? You probably mentioned it, but you were breaking up quite a bit. It was a type of church. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play it that way. All right. <laughs> So maybe we didn't miss anything. <laughs> no, it was not a cult. Okay. Um, it's just yucky, like the way fundamentalism and church fights go, you know, yeah. yucky. Yeah. And, um, and so I was like, all right, well, I'm out. I'm done. And that stinks because I went to seminary and I got a lot invested in this, but I'm out. And I thought, you know what? I am going to read the Bible one more time, beginning to end, because I have a lot in this. And I got... I don't know, halfway through Genesis. And it occurred to me that the main character of the story was God and that I had been misreading the Bible <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. And then I just started thinking like, well, if the main character of the Bible is God, what does that mean for this other thing? Oh, it makes more sense now. What does it mean for, oh, that makes more sense now. And just like in two weeks, the whole thing 
just came back together. And so I've decided to stick with it. And I've been around church since and started doing this. So how long ago YouTube was that? Thing. That was 10 years ago. Okay. So no real faith crisis through that, just realizing some of the bullshit of the that one church you were going to and coming out of that didn't trigger anything? You know what? At the time, I think I would have blamed it on that church. Um, looking back, I think, I think the problem was a lot more me. I mean, they had problems, but the problem was a lot more me because... Yeah. My theology was self-focused, is just backwards, and I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't think I'd been super teachable. I, I went to, I went to Trinity. It's a pretty good seminary, you know, Trinity Chicago, and um, I went in there and I, I had to take a New Testament class. I was like, you, I'm not taking a New Testament class. I've been a pastor like forever. I don't need your dumb class. I know what's in there. <laughs> and so the first day, Robert Yarborough, who's pretty good at New Testament. It's like, hey, we're just going to do a pretest to prove you're all idiots. He didn't say it quite <laughs> like that. And he just gave us this basic New Testament, like 30 or 40 question, do you know the answer, do you not quiz? And we all got Ds. I don't know if I even got a D. I, th- I think I might have failed it completely. And he's like, all right, so now you know. None of you actually know what you're talking about. So now that that's out of the way, it's like, yeah, you're smart, dude. That was a good play. You have my attention. Yeah, and he's been studying for years, and he probably knows Greek and... Um, yeah. <laughs> Are you? Were you taught? Was that a comment? You kind of trailed <laughs> off there, Scott. <laughs> That's it. I got nothing. I would have oh. failed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and the professor, if he's honest, would would admit how much he doesn't know. I find that the the smarter the people and the the, the theologians that you feel like have it all together, if the good ones and the honest ones will admit how much they don't or the, how much they realize they don't know. Well, yeah, yeah or, and I yeah. Oh, go ahead. Fire away. No, I was just I was going to say something stupid. <laughs> I bet it was going to be real smart. <laughs> Fail. So yeah. in, in in line with that, <laughs> uh, coming out of that, what has changed? Is there something that's changed recently that uh, would freak out your former self in something you believe about God or the Bible that you believe pretty surely now um, that would freak out your old self? I got a couple. That's a really smart question. That, that's well played. Thank don't, you. Don't um, pump that up. No, I'm stealing that. I'm, I'm completely using that. For uh, sure. You just have to say, bro's Bible's beer after every time. <laughs> Done. <laughs> this question brought to you by bro's Bible's beer. Oh. Did you have a slogan? Because I need to know that. Uh, it's that out both ends. No, it's actually... <laughs> <laughs> no, yep. I was told it's out both ends, and All that's right. what I'm using. <laughs> Um, yeah, a couple things. Uh, one, just, just the rule-oriented stuff. There was so much stuff that I was really sure was probably in the Bible somewhere, or that God meant to put it in there, and just, like, I don't know, it just didn't make the cut or something, and you're just supposed to read between the lines and know. And one is exactly, like, like alcohol. My first sermon w- should have been basically titled... He's watching us Why? pass beers around to each other for the listeners. Yes, I am. <laughs> Why alcohol is bad and the Bible meant to say that even though it doesn't. That's really what I should have titled it. It was terrible. Nice. And, and it was just an elaborate case for prohibition. I, 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 don't, I, just, I just felt like, I guess young me felt like Christianity was learn like 15 theological things, and then you have those straight, and then just stop doing crap. And then once you stop doing crap... Like your mission is to find other people, tell them those 15 facts about God, 
and then help them stop doing crap. <laughs> and when you've accomplished that, like then you're the best Christian and then you get an award. And so I don't think that anymore. And it's amazing how many things I don't care about that just one at a time, you think that's in the Bible, then you go and really look at the passage that talks about that. You're like, nah, that is not as simple as it is made out to be. Like, almost everything that I felt like was a hard and fast prohibition when I was younger, turns out it's a lot more principle-based and you actually have to think situationally and philosophically to get that right and to do what the principle is. And it depends on the actual specific context that you're in. Kind of weird that way, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like God, yeah. W- God won't give you more than you can handle, right? Exactly. <laughs> Praise Jesus, Jeff. Yeah, and that you. was... Uh, yeah, you guys talked about that. I think it was Ephesians 4, chapter 4, you guys talked about that. That was pretty good, that Jeff mentioned earlier. Uh, oh, from nice the YouTube catch. channel? You're right. Yeah, from the uh, Ephesians... Uh, theories. Theories. Wait, did you say theories or series? I thought I was sure I heard a TH. Mm. I, yeah, I heard theory. Ther- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, it was good. So go check out the 10-minute Bible hour... Ephesians series. It comes out both ends. (laughs) Hey, watch it, Matt. That's our tagline. My bad. I'm stopping right now. I I think the other one, in answer to your earlier question, would be the I don't own other people's bodies principle. I, I, I think I made a very common mistake when I was younger, and I'm just now trying to sort it out. And that's that... Um... Everything that makes sense for how you should do church, which is voluntary and which is about a relationship between people and God, should be fully mingled with how you do culture. And so if it's wrong to do something in church, that should also, that should also definitely be a law, and you should use the force of government to make other people not do those things that you're pretty sure the Bible says not to do. Because if it's wrong at church, it's wrong everywhere. So why wouldn't you just use government to make people stop it? And... Wow, uh, 19-year-old me wearing my GOP hat around college would not recognize now me with, I don't have a libertarian hat, but if you have one, I would take it. it, it it's a, that's a huge shift. And, and I think it comes with the move away from legalism and just saying, it's okay to do the let God sort it out thing. And as it pertains to me and God or me and other people who voluntarily signed up to be a part of a church... Well, yeah, we have one set of ground rules, and we do our best to get on the same page using the Bible. But when it comes to me and yeah, somebody halfway across the country who I don't know and I'm never going to meet, and they want to live totally differently than me, and they don't think anything that I think, I, it doesn't matter how sure I am of my social preferences, it's not exactly cool for me to advocate for using force to make them act like me. And, and 18-year-old me would never have said something like that. 18-year-old me would have lectured now me. And force includes laws, creating laws to control people. Most of all includes laws. Yeah. So did your politics coincide with what was the order, politics or your theological shifting? Which came first and did one inform the other? Can I tell him it was a good question again? Are you guys going to be upset if I do? Yeah, you can. You can. I don't want to sabotage your relationship because you have to live together. Zach's the good question. I assume together in one studio apartment. Yes. That's a great question. right here. (laughs) It's neat. I want sitcom music. Uh, <laughs> theology first, politics second. Very decisively. Theology first, politics second. Yep. The, the, it quit making sense to me to go back to 
one passage from Romans and one phrase Jesus says about whose picture is on money and being like, well, that's enough for me. Anything that you can get 51% of people together to say this is how it should be, God totally ordained that, and that's how it needs to be for everyone. Hey, that's That in, used to uh, be my mentality. That's and in I don't, Acts, uh, what is that, chapter 1, they drew lots for the, uh, to replace uh, Judas, right? Mm, what does that mean? Just saying. Oh. <laughs> yep, that's in there. <laughs> yes, that is in the Bible. You are correct. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for me, actually, I, I had a similar shift, but it was actually the politics that started first, which was weird, but that's another long story. I'm kind of interested in the long story. So what were you and what did you turn into? I am probably similar to you politically. I'm a libertarian-leaning, maybe classical liberal, I guess. And um, I use the same term for me, but it freaks people out. It does. It freaks the conservatives out, right? Mm -hmm. I I just cringed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was hardcore Republican and do what I mostly traced to a family tragedy. I had a four month old that died 10 years ago and I didn't realize at that time it didn't actually affect my faith that much that I noticed. But uh, tracing it back to that, that created an empathy streak in me for when other people lost things. So the wars that were going on, like whether it was enemies killed or drone attacks or our guys killed or whatever, everything would affect me because I would, I would know exactly what the family was going to feel when they got the news. And that slowly just pulled me out of the Republican party and, and really just to the mainstream system as it is. I just, the thing is broken and either way we have these continuous wars that just seems like it just perpetuates more violence. Um, and I think having that tradition kind of stripped away from me that I thought was true and right in hardcore conservative republicanism, I, I think that slowly led this trickle process for me to question any other tradition that I had, I had been given and not really made my own or really examined. So That's really interesting that you went there. I was, I mean, <laughs> it's your show with your tone, so I didn't want to go to um, Do the it. personal loss side of it, but... My experience is very similar. I, I lost my kid brother, and I started thinking about life differently after he died. Just, wow, I have advocated for bombing everything and invading everything and making people do stuff because what they're doing is wrong. And that included advocating for a lot of violence out of one side of my mouth while talking a lot of Jesus out of the other side of my mouth. And I went through a very similar process, just rethinking the value of life, and how dang sure you better be if you're going to advocate for somebody else going from alive to dead. You better be yeah. really sure, because you can't give that back. No mulligans on killing people. <laughs> well, yeah, and like pulling the, yeah, you pull the trigger, you, you, know, you can't take it, the bullet back. Um, yeah, that's, that's tough. Widespread ramifications. So when was that? When did you lose your brother? Um, that was 1998. Um, he was 18. Wow. When that happened. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, likewise kind of took my breath away there when you're telling that story. Didn't, I didn't see that coming, (laughs) but those things, those things shape us. And just a lot of, a lot of getting serious about 
what I think and what I don't think has happened with each passing tragedy or incident. You just, you start out kind of unspoiled and then stuff happens to you. And that's how life works. And all of this stuff makes you think about things in ways that you wouldn't have if you didn't go through it. And hopefully it generates a little bit of empathy and hopefully it scrapes off some of the hardness. Um, and I don't know, maybe sometimes it does that in my life. Maybe sometimes it doesn't, but those, those things have certainly been formative. And, and for me, I'd say that biggest shift is just valuing life more and thinking more in terms of good for the goose, good for the gander. You know, it, either everyone's free or nobody is. If it's don't tread on me, but you can tread on that other guy, I don't like that flag so much. If it's don't tread on anyone, not because it's pragmatically ineffective, but because it's just morally wrong to tread on people, that I'm on board with. And that means that I take a little bit of heat from the parts of my tribe that are to my right politically because they have serious problems with the way some other people behave. And I might disagree with the way some other people behave as well, but I'm the one who's always advocating you just got to let people make the contracts they want to make, hang out with who they want to hang out with, say what they want to say, do what they want to do. If you're not hurting anybody, it's not my business. And I think, I think that feels too laissez-faire for a, a lot of my tribe. Freaks it, them out. It feels dangerous. I mean, I, I could just imagine my old self being freaked out by that kind of thing. Well, how are you going to make people behave correctly? Or And, and just not realizing how... No matter what law you put in place, it does nothing. It just makes people <laughs> pretend if they have to, to get around it or under it, uh, as opposed to actual heart change or talking to people about Jesus. Uh, no amount of law is going to make that uh, more attractive or more effective. I agree. And I suppose the other thing that's pushed me this way is my travels on the internet you hang around Reddit and interwebs long enough and you figure out that whether it's rational or not, people are really bent out of shape about how Christianity is and especially the version of Christianity that tries to make them do stuff. And on that, I'm with them. I think they have a valid gripe. I think a lot of people use that as an intellectual crutch to say, therefore, everything about anything that involves God or religion must be false because their politics were screwed up on this point. I'm not sure I buy that, but my plan for making the gospel get traction again in our culture is just back off. Be really clear on the gospel thing, but cut it out with everything else. I would love to issue an open letter to everyone that says something like, hey, dear everybody in America, for the last 40 or 50 years, we made a common mistake amongst Christians. It was to assume that it was our job to make you do things that we think are Christian. So we advocated for bad stuff, forgetting that at the end of every law is force and violence, which means we were willing to do violence to you in order to get you to act like us. Our bad. We're going to stop that right now. We realize that might hurt us enormously politically, but we have this other thing that is the message of life and hope and the solution for the human problem that we really super believe in way more than stopping your gayness. So... Do what you need to do. That is amazing. But we are going to really, you're going to hear from us a lot right now on this whole hope and eternal life and forgiveness and redemption and God thing. And you're not going to be hearing from us on the other stuff. If you're interested, we can talk about it, but you will not hear from us on that. 
in terms of political force. Well, Signed, I, love, Matt Whitman. <laughs> that sounds like a YouTube video in the future. I probably ought to get to that. You know, Matt, having listened to that, if the uh, Ephesians um, podcast that you put out, that reminds me of the conversation on, on unity and on um, Paul just writing about how we treat people, how we treat people well, um, even the idea of the differences in denominations and just people have very different beliefs as Christians. And But I think you, you pointed out, I don't know if it was you or, or Aaron in your conversation, pointed out that we, we have these, we gravitate towards churches that believe in what we believe in, but we're still sure. following Christ and so we find our place, and what I hear you saying is people are so put off by what's been going on for the last 40 or 50 years that they just, they, they are fed up, and so we're actually battling this, this fight to try and bring things back to some truth as opposed to, you know, take, um, you know, wives submit to your husbands, let's just cut it off right there, and you know, there's, there's nothing more, but there is more, but, um, people have used, you know, these bits and pieces of the Bible, not only against, uh, Christianity and the, the life that we have in Christ, but they've used it against, um, the Bible itself and the people, and it's created this huge wedge in society. It's like, oh my gosh, how do we get this back? Because there's so much goodness um, in the truth of it. So I love listening to, um, just hearing your thoughts on on the differences and within Christianity and really non-believers and how do they, how do they view us. So do you have any more comments on that? Or um, Sure. Well, I, I just feel like well, I really appreciate your comments, first of all. I, in keeping with that, I just feel like volunteerism is the key. If people Can you show say up, that again? Sorry. What, what was that word? <clears throat> I feel like volunteerism is the key. Oh, okay. Just doing things voluntarily and advocating for voluntary stuff. So whether you're talking about politics or church or social stuff, just thinking in terms of force, less. Thinking in terms of, there should be a law, because I don't like that less and thinking more in terms of either persuasion or just drop it and just live with it because people are different and that's okay. But right now there's so much to be gained from our victimhood, from our identity politicking. I think that's a dead end. It's not going to work if we pit who I am against who you are and which one of our victim stories is worth more money and more political points. That's not good for the gospel. I can tell you that much. And so you've got this, this, this enormous power struggle that's going on right now, and it is a zero-sum game. Somebody's going to have to lose, and somebody's going to have to win. And up until a month ago, I would have said I was pretty clear on who's got to lose and who's going to win. But here's the thing. I don't want either of those sides to win. I don't want conservatism to win. I do not want progressivism to win because they have this one dangerous thing in common. They agree deeply that it is the job of someone who is enlightened and knows better than you to use whatever means necessary 
to make you be a part of their vision for how things ought to be. And you just can't do that with running over people. And anything we do that involves running over people undercuts the gospel. If the church is about the grace of Christ, but the only way we can convince you of it is with force, well, then it must not be a very good idea or we wouldn't have to use force to prop it up. If it's a good idea, it's going to take care of itself. If we really think it's true, we don't need any of this stuff. It's just true. Just tell people, live it out. Like It should go to plan. But when we act like the way we're acting right now, it, it kind of betrays our stated confidence in the gospel and God and the Bible and all of this. Like If I'm an outsider looking in at us right now, I feel like, okay, so if you really think there's a Holy Spirit, yeah. and you really think that's the word of God, and you really think that the gospel is like the words of life. Careful. Why are you doing all that political crap? <laughs> yeah. I want to know what I was supposed to be careful of there. No, What careful. would have been the you, wrong thing to you, say? No, you said it was right, but I was just saying sarcastically, be careful what you say because... <laughs> okay. Going against that political power thing. Yeah. I feel like you should take your headphones off and throw them on the floor after the, that little... <laughs> it wasn't a rant, but just that Do monologue. Do something shaped like a mic to drop? <laughs> have this... Matt searching around. Oh, dropped the remote. Boom. It, it didn't feed back. Dang it. I'll add that in in post. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That sorry. a little preachy. I kind of got going there. I'm going to no. dial that back. No, you're not because... So, I was kidding. I am not. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. I was going to say, no, you're not <laughs> not going to do that. So, boom. <laughs> um, you yeah. see, your politics are obviously a passion of yours, Um is that something you're going to filter back into 10-Minute Bible Hour? I feel if it's done right, you could still challenge people without... Well, you're going to piss people off, but they'll still like yes, you because I am. you're engaging. You've got a jawline that cuts light well. You've got just you. the really right amount that. of facial stubble. How many days uh, do you think that is, Scott? so calculated. I'm going to say that is breakfast. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yep. He's leaning in. That, yep. <laughs> and he's got dimples. I didn't notice those, but now that you point them out, I can't get them out of my head. So you were shaking your head, no politics on 10-Minute Bible Hour from here on out? I like hanging out with you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You're>, uh, <laughs> okay, I made a video. Like undercut. Like, uh, no, it's not. Slight, uh, <laughs> no, you know, no. Just accept the compliment, <clears throat> Scott. Just accept the compliment. Scott's yeah. working on that. Okay, I made a video in October called How Voting Feels. And uh, you guys can just watch that at some point. It's like three minutes. It's, um, I likened the two options to being injected against your will with herpes or chlamydia. <laughs> and that, clap that was kind of when I decided I probably need to change this. It, I, made a, I made a video in July called How Did We Get Stuck with Trump versus Clinton? And holy cow, people were so mad at me on both sides. Like, she is what America needs, and you are sexist. Okay, my bad. I thought a woman's ideas were bad. I'm sexist. How can you go against God's chosen man to lead America if my people who are called by my name... Oh, my goodness, internet, uh, shut okay. up. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Is brutal. And, yeah. and so I just thought, you know what? I can't win this and talk about the Bible at the same time. I can't. What I'm going to have to do is be subversive. I'm just going to try and talk about the Bible really well and in a way that's fun and hopefully marginally engaging. And if we do it in a way that demysticizes it so that 
we're asking questions like, what would this, what must this have meant to the original audience? What is the author's intent in putting this in here? Why did the author not include other details? All of those things are clues for the intended meaning of the content. And even if you don't come to the same conclusions on it, if you ask those questions, you can at least disagree respectfully because you get how somebody could come to a different conclusion. But I really think that if you just study the Bible well, you come away with conclusions that say, even if you have what you think is a really good vision for the world, you shouldn't use violence to make other people do it. You shouldn't have to use force to make other people do it. Even if you think you really, really are the king of understanding what is sin and what is righteousness, still, if you have to use a gun to make other people participate, or you have to outsource it to someone else to have them use a gun on your behalf to make people participate, you're not really functioning in keeping with the teachings of Jesus. Jesus is a pretty, socially, a pretty volunteerist guy. Mm -hmm. I, I think about the parable of the sower. Some people are going to go for this. Some people aren't. Okie dokie. I mean, there's no thing at the end where the sower goes back and like murders or imprisons the three quarters of soil types that didn't grow crops. Like you just, you just kind of shrug and throw some more seeds other places, I guess. Bummer. That would make that parable more fun though. I have so many ideas for making parables more Is fun. Is there gluten in that? There's gluten. <laughs> it's... <laughs> God's word is bad for you. <laughs> Wait, what'd you just say? It's not really, but if it has gluten, it's bad for you. Oh. Well, yeah, and the idea of God's word not returning void, I, I don't know exactly what that means, but I, I think there's some aspect involved in that, that if you're going forward with the truth of... Uh, the gospel of the kingdom, um, you, you don't need to add to that to to make it appealing to people. That that it's what God what God gave us is what He intended us to to give out. So it's not like we gotta make it appeal to the the modern Republican or you know whoever. Okay, so I had uh, some Mormons come up to my. Uh, house a few days ago. I was working on my car. Mm. It was night. I and, love Mormons. And I I gotta say, when they come to the door, my wife answered. She's like, I don't have time. And I usually engage everybody. So I, they walked up. I saw them. They'd come across the street from neighbors. And they... I looked down, like I'm working, putting some windshield wipers on, and they said, hey, how are you doing? And I, I'm like, my, for some reason, deep down inside, I just wanted to just be like, um, oh, no, everything's fine. Uh, have a good night. But I got past that, and I said, oh, I'm doing well. How are How are you guys doing? And... They came up in the driveway and gave me their card, and I asked them who they were. I knew who they were, but then they got to explain themselves and been on my mission five months, three months, and but their tactic changed. It used to be kind of going into, this is what we're all about, and it was just, here's a card, how can we help you? And just as Jesus would do just going and 
and helping and being kind and could I just lend a helping hand? And I'm like, it made me think of the idea of denominational differences, but they're human and they are out on the path just trying to serve and help people. And the problem is our titles get in the way. And that Mormon title and Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I'm just, you, I hear it and I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. There's a lot of syllables. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I mean, do you, do you believe as you look, uh, Matt, the Mormons, the Muslims, the, the evangelicals, um, Buddhists, ISIS. Who, whoever it might be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait. Throw them all in. ISIL? Dash, um, how do we get along? How do we? Um, obviously, we're trying to be a gravitational force through the spirit. So, how does that work in our society when we're such a? We're not a melting pot. We're we're like a salad. I mean, we're not really combined. Um, and I think step. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think step one is you got to take force off the table. So. For example, like if we have a deal where everybody involved in this conversation gets to vote like who gets everyone else's money, I assume it's going to go three to one against me, even though it's been friendly. Like there's just the one guy from Wyoming here. And so there's just certain things that shouldn't be votable. Yeah, but you can it, have it automatic weapons. Uh, we have so many here. You wouldn't <laughs> believe it, man. We did, we did, a, uh, we did a, a, a film here that we shot called The Drug Stopper. It makes fun of the drug war. It's pretty funny. <laughs> And so we got all volunteer actors to come and be in the drug stopper, which uh, it sucks exactly as much as you're picturing. And you got to Google that later because it's awful and awesome. It's got to be on Netflix. The drug stopper. The drug stopper. His first line in the movie is drugs after he sees some drugs. (laughs) It's like the best thing I've ever written. I'm so proud of myself. So... So we're filming for the first night at the drug stopper and I called in maybe 50 friends. It's like, Hey, I need you all to bring the most intimidating firearm you have. (laughs) And I thought we'd get some cool handguns and stuff. No, no, no. I mean, we're getting Russian sniper rifles and paramilitary. I mean, it was insane. Do not come to my town and pick a fight. These people are terrifying. I guess so. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's true. They don't let us have any guns anymore. Oh, you guys can't even have plastic bags. Like we got you there too. <laughs> hey, you are informed. Hey, Damn, plastic <laughs> bags do kill people. I, I just the same way guns do. I have Basically been going identical. to the store and trying to uh, carry. It's been fun carrying as much as I possibly can without using a bag because I don't want to play pay that ten cent fee. I did it the other day, and I then I remembered that I parked far away. I don't want to deal with the, all the parking uh, issues. And I was like, yeah, I would have paid 30 cents to uh, get a couple of bags. Yeah. It's nothing. It's just the principle of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's a, yeah. so crappy that you've been put in that position where <laughs> well, you have to then, make that decision. Then you go to uh, the taco stand or the taco shop, and I don't know if there's a difference. Is this the styrofoam? You, you, but you order food, and they give you your food in a plastic bag. You don't have to pay 10 cents. Oh, it's, it's, right, just, right, it's, right. it's weird how it's like, okay, grocery stores, you got to pay. You go to another store, you go to the, uh, you could go to the gas station, you can go to the auto parts store, 
any other store. Doesn't matter. You get a plastic bag for all your goods, not the grocery store. It, it, I don't know. It's just weird. You're shocked I'm at the you. illogic of how government oh. runs. <laughs> that That is most of what we do in Wyoming is watch everyone else govern and shake our heads in confusion and stroke our huge guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do every once in a while post on Twitter a picture of some ridiculous scenic wonder and say, I'm sorry, I got to force you through this. <laughs> Just rubbing in the beauty. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one of the Twitter sticks. I, I'm very impressed that you noticed that. Um, all the way back to your question, Jeff. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Take force off the table. <laughs> that that to me would be step one because our conversation will never be the same if behind all the friendly banter is the threat of force. So if I'm coming to you and I'm like, hey, person who thinks some things kind of like me, but who I want to understand the specifics of the gospel. I love you, and so does Jesus, and I just want you to hear this truth because I care about you. And if you don't, well, you know dang well that as soon as I pull the curtain in that voting booth, I'm going to vote for other people to crush you on my behalf. I, that just undercuts the whole idea of grace when we know how we're all going to vote. We know what we're going to do to each other with the force of government. We're just going to outsource it so it's dignified, and that's not cool. And that's why I say if, if we want to do the gospel thing well and we want to connect with people we disagree with within even the spheres of theism, like you just got to start by taking that off the table. All right, look, don't make me do anything, and I promise I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm not going to advocate to do anything to you. I'm going to advocate for you to be treated exactly the way I want to be treated under the law. And so you just don't have to worry about me. We can just have an honest conversation. I know other people will try to do it to you, but I promise I won't. If we can get that ethic to catch on, I think that would make a huge difference right off the bat. And then what happens is I just think you have this principle of spheres of partnership. You most intimately partner with people who think the stuff just like you. You're going to be the most effective with them. You can do the most projects together. It's a voluntary association. And so I'm going to find people who think all the same crap that I do. And we'll get together and then we don't have to waste a bunch of energy fighting about stupid crap that we disagree about because we agree on almost everything. Cool. It's not racist if that person happens to look like me either. It's just being effective. So then we go out and find anybody who looks anyway or is into anything who thinks like us, and we try to do redemptive good stuff, be it being helpful in our community or meeting needs or just connecting with people we don't agree with as much. But then you got that next circle of trust, which is, you know, we agree on enough. And okay, so you think God chosen advance, everybody who goes to heaven and goes to hell, and I think maybe he did that. That's close enough. We can get along. Let's go do some redemptive stuff and kick butt together. Then you got that next fear out where it's like, well, to you, the most important thing in all of church is what day of the week you go to church. Okay, I see that really, really, really different, but we agree on a ton of other stuff. Surely we could partner on these things, but it wouldn't make sense for us to go to church together because I go to church on the wrong day. So let's not even try to cram that into the same box and make it weird. Let's just root for each other from a little bit of a distance. Good fences make good neighbors, and we'll work together where we can. <laughs> then you get the further sphere out where it's like, well, we all think there's a God. Like, you all think that God lives on a planet named Kolob, and that you get your own planet, <laughs> and also that ancient Jews built boats and sailed to America. It's and that's fine. Like, you can think all of that. It's not my, I don't decide to, that's totally between you and God. But we disagree so much, like, probably I don't want to have you, you know, step up on my stage and 
preach at my church. That'd be weird. You don't want me coming with my ideas. Yeah, I don't, I don't like your guy that much. You don't want me talking about him. But, hey, if we both really like political grace and leaving other people alone and advocating for decent treatment of people we disagree with, let's partner up. We could do that together. Mm-hmm. Then you get even further out to like, wow, your people totally like to kill my people and my people like to have wars against your people. That's... We really can't do church together. That would be very difficult. And we vaguely both believe in a God that seems vaguely similar at moments in our holy texts. But you know what? There's got to be some stuff that's just basic to humanity and basic human decency where we can say, we can set other stuff aside and do this most basic of stuff together. Then there's just freaking crazyville, and you can't work with them at all because they can't be civilized or participate. It's because they're female. These are the people who are just like murdering people. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that was not me. Who said that? That's Jeff at brosbiblesbeer.com. It comes out both ends. (laughs) Way out there. Keep going, Matt. It was the ass end. My my wife is going to hear that. Oh, yeah. 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 She'll tell you which end that was, too. And so so for me, I, I feel like, I guess my first step would be take force off the table. My second step would be think in terms of circles of closeness and just be okay with not cramming everybody into the same room. That's not a loss for the kingdom. That's not a loss for society. We're different. That's fine. We don't need to force it all the time. I don't know. I I suppose I have other thoughts as well, but I'm going to take up all of our time if I get into it and I'm already being a hog. No, that's great. I love, I love that clarity and just the, the understanding of your, that like the inner ring, um, and then outward, um, I mean, it's, it's clear, but I don't think people think of it in that way. They just think there's the good side and the bad side. There's the right and the wrong in their own, their own minds and their experiences have shaped most of what they believe. And, and so, and they're kind of a, a casual believer, you know, I, (laughs) Reminds me of the Dana Carvey special. I, I believe on Sunday and Wednesday I have doubt, and on Sunday no I one believe him. again. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but I really liked it. <laughs> Dana Carvey Netflix comedy special. Not gonna die. It's it's super. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, while you were singing, I think I can say my third part of my plan very succinctly. So I'm going to try this. My third suggestion would be reimagine the spectrum. Right now, the spectrum is liberal and conservative. I think that's broken and the wrong categories to think of. I think you reimagine the spectrum in terms of people whose ideas so are so bad, they need to use force to make you do things. And people who can relax enough that they really can actually just let other people do what they're going to do and not freak out. That is your actual political spectrum now. And if you identify that, then it scrambles the whole thing. Because theoretically, that means that I should be friends with people who like guns and gay people and people who like to smoke pot and people who don't like to be overtaxed and people who don't like to be droned. Like That's on our current political spectrum. Those people are all over the map. Yep. Uh, people who like to be left alone religiously to bake cakes they want or not bake cakes if they don't feel like it. But all of these people actually have a ton in common if we imagine the spectrum as it is, which is control types and not control types. And so then all of a sudden, all the not control types can get together and be like, you know what? I hate your stupid ganja devil grass. 
And I also am not a big fan of gayness, but I also don't own your body. So if that's what you want to do, I guess I'm just going to cut you some slack and assume that works for you. Also, I know you don't like my guns or my not wanting to bake cakes, but I'm going to ask you to just cut me some slack and it'll be cool and we can just get along. And see, then all of a sudden you have this coagulation of people who would be unlikely partners who all of a sudden can say, wait, so if I cut you slack, you'll cut me slack on my thing? Let's start cutting slack. And then the <laughs> control freak types suddenly lose their power. They lose their ability to tell us what words we can say and what words we can't say and what it's okay to think and what it's not okay to think. And you eliminate the political stakes from the game. So instead of, I could prove that I'm a victim, now I get stuff and score political points for my team. Now all that's taken away. And instead, it's just goodwill. And the people who aren't of goodwill get exposed because they're not actually of goodwill and it never was about doing right by people. It always was just about control. So forget those people. Let's work with the people of goodwill, even if they totally freaking disagree with us. That was my point three. I'm, to I'm really stopping now. No, you're good. I feel like that is slowly building... It doesn't seem like it because things were so ramped up to 11 during the political season. Just 11? Yeah. <laughs> Death well, con 11. My scale only goes to 11. So hmm. you guys can do your own scaling. Is that 110%? Mm. Yeah, about. Roughly. So you actually think this is, you think there's a groundswell for that? Slowly. In Zach's mind. Very slowly. I like Zach's mind then. Man. Yeah. I actually, just right now, in Zach's mind, it like doubled. Yeah. Well, you I've, and him. That was all it took. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It doubled. As you've been talking and just complimenting me, I've been getting mind boners. So it's just. <laughs> That's not. It's what? figurative, Scott, not literal. No. And if you need to step off camera for a second and resolve that. <laughs> I think everybody Wait, understands. Just a second? How dare you? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It won't. I don't yeah. even know what that means. It won't take long. All right. I find it interesting how people are able to, for some for some reason, if you're on one side or another, it's like you're against the death penalty and against guns and for abortion, and then you're on the other side, and those things line up just the opposite. It, it's just weird how they... Some cognitive dissidence. Like, there's like... Yeah, how the divide is, like, where does that come from? How, how does a majority of the people disagree exactly the opposite of the other half? It's how we're trained. Yeah, I, I, I just find it weird. It's very rare to see someone who is pro-abortion and pro-death penalty or pro-death penalty or anti-death penalty and pro-guns. Like, it's just, it's just rare. There are, there are people out there, but right. but the divide is, like, so... The divide is so clear. It's just... I don't know. I just think The that's one that gets weird. me the most, Scott, is the... Um, I don't trust the government to run our healthcare system or educate our children or handle the mail or the economy or to print money, but anyone they want to kill, the government does not bear the sword for nothing. We just have to trust they're making the right choice. <laughs> So if there's somebody who needs to be droned, like a 16-year-old from Fort Collins, Colorado, like he's probably bad, and it'd be better if there weren't a trial. We just need to drone him. It's for safety. Oh, if we the could have killed Assange, we would like, have. Like, well, yeah, I mean, Hillary actually advocated for that, right? Like, it's just, 
you can't have both. Either the government is something that has too much power and you're skeptical of, or it should have all the power and should be able to kill people. And of course, I'm going to argue for, let's just lower the stakes. Like, maybe it'd be cool if, if we just took a year off from killing people. Like, what about just like a six-month killing holiday where we're like, all right, terrorists. All right, terrorists, we're putting you on notice. For a long time, uh, you've been allowed to do what you want, and we fought back. But for now, we're doing a six-month killing holiday because a guy on a podcast uh, suggested it. I think that's his and then, And then we just don't, you know, we just don't kill anybody for six months. And then, like, seriously, it's fine. Month seven, day one, just start blowing people up like crazy Drone. again. But just to feel like it, you just see what it feels like. Six months, no killing. How about a day? Like a day off. Where would you start? That'd okay, be so af- good. After the six months, now it's now it's it's the seventh month, first day. Who's the first person you drown? Just so whisper. Ideas. Just whisper it. Yeah, if you whisper, nobody hears it. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah, go into the other. And room. I wouldn't mind you doing that speech uh, in Trump. He's walking discreetly to another room. So that his wife and his children can't hear. He closed the door gently. He's, he's no one knows what I've done. First. Oh, he's got a flashlight. I don't know why. They're going to ask me to put on Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to ruin our conversation. He's a hunter. I can tell. <laughs> I'm not. I've never shot anything. I want to. Like, I want to start shooting stuff and drinking more. You want to end that six-month killing uh, free time? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't. I think we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves because everybody on both sides know who's who needs dead. Like, everybody's got their kill list of like people who like really these people should be heavily taxed or killed, whether it's foreigners or you know or people who live here. It's like I don't know. What if we didn't do that to anybody? Yeah, it just seems like that that'd be worth considering. It seems good yeah. to me. So yeah, I don't know. I'm making it too simple. Who? Um, who, I guess, if they're people, who in the uh, Democratic Party would you kill? <laughs> Are we playing? Who do you kill? No. Who'd you kill? <laughs> no. Okay. And got it. Rose Bible's beer. <laughs> in endangered species, which one would you want to taste more? <laughs> Wait, what? You got to list some endangered species. <laughs> bald eagle. Wait. I would love to try bald eagle. <clears throat> okay, winner. Let's try it as soon as they come off the It's because you hate America. <laughs> yeah, Matt. I get told that a lot. <laughs> Wait, I think the uh, Germans use the bald eagle. Oh, yeah, it's because I hate Nazism. Yes, yes, Nazis. That too. Totally against that. Give me, who's your celebrity, your biblical celebrity crush? <laughs> my biblical celebrity crush? <laughs> Whatever that means to you, who is that? <laughs> the what? secret password is celebrity crush. Like a celebrity that has a biblical name? Well, like Jonah, what's his name? Whoever's in wait, the wait, Bible. Wait, wait, let Matt think. Okay, someone in the Bible? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Luke. I really like Luke's brain. The doctor. He did really, really good history. Is that because he's not a Jew? His profession. Yeah, I would like to think my remark would be construed as something anti-Semitic. That is how <laughs> I meant it. You've understood me correctly, and you have rightly outed me. Scott wow. doesn't listen well. It's okay. Where would you, you take... Gotta, you got a nose. 
for subtle anti-Semitism. Hey, well that, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. So where would you take Luke Scott, on a date? Scott's a misogynist, <laughs> narcissist. What else are you? I wouldn't call myself a narcissist. Pessimist? All right, go on. If where I were we? to take Luke on a date, the perfect date for me and Luke would be a long sea journey that starts in Caesarea, touches down in Miletus, then spends 14 days at sea and ends up getting bit by a snake on a sunset beach in Malta. You seriously just came up with that? That's amazing. Wait, that sounds like Paul. Oh, uh, I want to do over then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would get to bind his wounds. Oh, <laughs> New topic. Back to Ephesians. Jeff, what did you like about Ephesians? No. no chapter no. four, the Wait, middle. I oh. like Zach's questions. Go ahead, Zach. I do too. grief. I love his answer. It was beautiful. So, Thank you. Then what is, is there something you have next besides, it sounds like you might be starting a political podcast. You've got a lot of passion pent up in there. I do, yeah, and I try not to let it get weird when we have conversations like this over meals, but I can always read the body language. It's like, wow, that idea sounds good. Oh, you're getting weird. Oh, that's yeah. too much. You're getting weird. I'm like, I am going to ratchet it down. Let's talk football. And I try to change. So I, I don't know what that podcast would sound like, but yeah, I've thought about using the podcast format to talk about these ideas when I talk about... Um, libertarian sounding things in a Christian context, I like to use the term political grace, because for me, it's not about winning at politics. It's about thinking politically in a way that is conducive to the success of the gospel. And if I didn't think that libertarianism was moral and was conducive to the success of the gospel, then, well, I'd think some other political thing. So that's what I'd like to, that's what I'd like to process through and argue for. I just got to I gotta figure out how not to get amped up and weird about it. So when I get that figured out, yeah, maybe I'll do some more podcasts on it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I really like reviewing movies. I'm trying to finish up my series on acts right now, so I'm putting a ton of work into these last 18 episodes. I think I have left on the book of acts. I'm a, I'm on. I think I just published 75 today. Wow. So so like 10 minutes at a time, all the way through the book of acts with a bunch of dumb jokes and uh it Wait, takes why a lot of effort minutes? i don't know <laughs> i don't know why i did that i sometimes i stay awake at night and try to remember why did i name it this why did i give myself this constraint i don't know 10 minute baba because 10 minutes is catchy yeah wait do people really do people awesome. really complain about the title like seriously no they're just more confused <laughs> Just <laughs> drunken late night confused comment section stuff. I thought this was an hour. Has it been uh, an hour already? There are six, ten minutes in an hour. That's good math for a drunk guy. Yeah, that's too good of math. I, I, you, clearly, I don't drink enough. I actually did that math today when I was listening to Ephesians. I'm like, oh, there's six of them. It's the 10 minute Bible hour. That's an hour. <laughs> an oh hour of gosh. Ephesians. He's so smart. <laughs> And then you saw they were, but there were seven. eighty-minute monstrosities like a, um, each. An hour nineteen. Wait, wait a second. He just used up many ten-minute Bible that's, hours. That's lying to me through title. <laughs> yeah. It's there not seven, Christian at all. But seven it, episodes of Ephesians. You said zero. There was an episode zero. Okay, stop you guys being are really biblically. Attentive. Hey, you zero know my channel is better than I do. Except in Windows. 
so the, uh, yeah, I want to review movies. I really, really like narrative. And uh, so I think I'm going to review Rogue One. I promised everybody I wouldn't, that I was just going to do stuff on the Bible for a while. So I'll keep working on Bible stuff, but I think I'm going to review movies on my channel. I think I'm just going to shut up about politics on my channel. That's my plan. I'll talk about that somewhere else, but I'm still going to do movie reviews. And I've got a really slick re-edit of The Drug Stopper coming up. Nice. I've been working on it. I, the first one, it's like a four-minute movie stretched out into 22 minutes of stupidity. <laughs> and so I've, I've got like I've got a whole bunch of short films that I've made with my film fancy filmmaking buddies. And so I kind of want to put those on there too, but I gotta film I, I gotta fancy. edit them so I look less stupid in them. I'm gonna watch it just because the smile on your face when you mentioned drug stoppers too. Drugs. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. He's right too. They were drugs. Did he? Did he cut a hole in the bag and dip his pinky in? <laughs> yes, and he did. Snort. No, it was a knife. No, it was a knife. Oh. He didn't snort it. He tasted it. Tasted it. And right decided off the it was knife. good. That's and then didn't kids. apologize for shooting the guy who brought them the you drugs. You should never for no do reason. drugs off of a knife. It could. And the dude you. who did that is a Russian wearing medallions and a red tracksuit. <laughs> because it's a really good movie, Adidas and that's movie? how drug Eastern European drug lords look. Or didn't you know? Did he smell bad? Yeah, it was foul. <laughs> his his wife has armpit hair. Obviously, hey, watch it, Jeff. You and women. <clears throat> yeah, your wife okay? I Are thought I okay? was the misogynista. Stop. <laughs> All right. Well, what's next for Matt Whitman? Besides more videos, any books in the works? Yeah, I've done that routine. I have a book called Putting God in His Place that uh, Aaron Utech helped me write, along with a couple other guys. It is, I think, a pretty good effort for where we were at that point. I wrote that just as I was coming off the experience we were talking about at the beginning of all of this. Um, so it's definitely a book in process, but that was fun. I think most of the things that I wrote in there still. Um, I have... Yeah, I have another project that I can't quite talk about yet um, that a friend of mine yeah, and you don't I want the are doing. To hear about it. Yeah, he's he's got a big important project, and he's got to figure out. Oh, I'm being so uh, evasive here. He's got to figure out how that's going to play out, and then we'll do our thing, depending on how that plays out. Can we so, get the uh, that first book, Putting God in His Place? Is that available? You can. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Nice. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. I didn't it. even self-publish it. Some some publishing company was like, that's good enough. <laughs> okay, sure. And I was like, do you want to edit it or something? And they were like, Did you edit no. it in Word? It's pretty good. It's I'll good check. enough. Yeah. No, we'll just take it. You don't want to like look at it or something? No. No, they edited it. They looked at it. But <laughs> it was um, it was a cool deal. You know, I get like a $12 royalty check from that annually. Which is nice. <laughs> yeah, I can buy another copy of that book with it. Is $12? <laughs> no, because I think it's... Mm, I think it's... Oh, it's on Kindle. So it's like two measly dollars. Nice. Two we'll get that, people. measly dollars. Putting Ooh. God in His Place by me, it's Matt Whitman. It's $5.37, Matt. Seriously? Yeah, Where's my money? 12 bucks. By my calculation, I should have got like 19 bucks. <laughs> I'm well, calling yeah. those guys. Well, forgiven. That's a, 
I like that cover. I like so, yeah, the cover's cool. We're so gonna, I got that going. I'm, I work at a church. I'm going to keep working at that church. Yeah. I really like it. They are really good at the grace and peace in church thing. We do not fight. And that is because they're awesome. And it's a really, it's the rare church that's good at Bible and peace. A lot of times you can have one or the other. And Weird. They're good at both. So I like them and I like working there. So I will stay. Nice. And you've been there how long? This is year six, which is the longest I've ever been anywhere ever as a human. Wow. It's kind of weird. I tell you what, this Western Wyoming thing, whew. My dad grew up in Eastern Wyoming and it is not as nice out there. And by that, I mean not nice. And so I just assumed Western Wyoming would be like that, except more West. Wow. It is so awesome. There are five places to fly fish between my house and my office, including one at my office. That's so I just like, pretty I put cool. on the headset, I take a phone call, and I get out the nine-foot fly rod that I keep in my Jeep at all times, and I walk into the backyard of church and catch trout. <sighs> nice trout. It's so cool. How many people live in your town? Like 50? Uh, it's a, it's 7,000 in town, but a lot of people live in, like, you know, log homes and mountainy, ranchy stuff. So oh, maybe, maybe 10,000 in the area. Oh. And it is... The next town is about 30 minutes away. It's about the same size. And then after that, to get anywhere to civilization is two hours in every direction. <sighs> Love it. Two little towns right against the mountains, middle of nowhere, and then two hours of nothing. No cell service, just the wilds. It's so cool. Matt, I don't want to make you throw up or anything, but um, I spent an hour and a half in traffic tonight getting here. How does that make you feel? He's throwing up. Matt is throwing up as we speak. I can't do it, man. I, I yeah, it, I, I, it's I, I went to school in Chicago. I've lived in the Front Range of Colorado, and so it's, it's not like I'm a, a small town guy. But man, you get used to it in a hurry. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. It would be great. I went to Utah. I went to Moab by uh, mountain bike riding uh, last month. Man, that was great. Just wide open space. Ah, it's great. Fantastic. Come to Wyoming. Do they pay well, I, people to move there still? I was not compensated. <clears throat> you did so offer if, a long time ago to never mind to buy us lunch if we were ever in your town. So yes, that, I extend that offer further. Then in my town in Wyoming means within a three-hour radius. Oh, oh. the speed limit here is seventy miles an hour on highways. So, but they don't make cars that radius. go that fast in Wyoming, do they? No, it's like the Flintstone cars. We all just pedal very quickly with our feet. With rock wheels. And you nice. guys, strong feet. He does. Strong jaw, strong feet. Mm, they you. go together. Strong YouTube channel. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. 10 Minute Bible Hour. Where else can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, Twitter is what? Matt Whitman WCE? I don't know. I'm other places too. I, my website is still, I think it's still linked to Worst Christian Ever, but it's the 10 Minute Bible Hour.com or Worst Christian Ever.com. I typed in wet. Wat Mitman hmm? um, earlier, <laughs> and it still came up, uh, surprisingly. But it really, came up works. as worst Christian ever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, people still call me that, like just in passing. Wat? They in call traffic. you Wat Mitman? No, worst no, Christian. Worst, no, worst Christian. <laughs> Terrible human. Things like that. No, yeah, but uh, no, not your wife. Who? What other people? What do other people call you? No. 
That low blow there, Scott. Crickets. Don't worry. I'll put cricket sounds right after that comment. I think there was a delay in the internet. Yeah, it was the technology. Montana internet is shady. Or Wyoming. Spotty at best. Where do you live? Anything about Montana. What? Hey, Montana, Wyoming. Ten minutes of our conversation, man. You know, Matt, this is perfect. I love your state, Matt. I love your... I love your state. It's a perfect way to wrap mm. up the show. We've been trying to prove to Scott that he doesn't actually listen to people based on how he responds in questioning, and that's just more proof. Is that a bison? I'm just looking at a big five ad right now. It is a bison. <laughs> well, thanks, Matt. This has been awesome, and we will do this again, I'm sure, if you'll have us. Oh, this this was this was a treat. Yeah, thanks for letting me be a part. This is a I had no idea what to expect. You're welcome. I, that's what I like hearing. No, I listened I listened to a few episodes a while back. I was like, all right, sweet, yeah, I'll jump in with them when you ask. And I just figured we'd just talk about something. So then we got on the horn and talked about stuff. It was fun. And we did. Yeah, and if you listen to the early stuff and you're still you still don't hate us, that's pretty remarkable. It's pretty rough back then. Yeah, thanks for there were a lot of emotions, but hate was not one. Okay. Beautiful. That's positive. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't um, said out loud. All right. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> thank you, Matt, for your time. <laughs> it was fun, guys. Thank you. Let's, All right. Let's do it again. Yeah. And seriously, if come you're to out here we'll fish. It'll be to good. look at church buildings or whatever you're out here, hit us up on Twitter. We'll buy you beer. Sweet. Count me in. All right, man. Yeah, yeah I will be. I'll be back out that way. I'll hit you up. For sure, cool, man. Thanks. Cool. Thanks a lot. Have thank a good night, guys. Thank you. All right. You, you too. Like I said, Montana. Oh, my headache's almost gone. <laughs>